What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Championship Leadership Podcast. And uh, excited. We got Dan Cockerell here today from Orlando, Florida. Appreciate you being here, Dan. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, absolutely. So the first question I'd like to kick our conversation off with is the name of the podcast, Championship Leadership. What, what comes to mind for you? What, it, what does championship leadership mean to you when you hear that? Well, uh, you know, I grew up playing sports. And I, I, love, I love sports. And so when I think of championship, uh, a lot of great ideas come to mind to the leadership, to um, struggle, to practice and discipline, just kind of like the, the, the basics I've always found in sports. There are no shortcuts. You got to be fit. You got to practice. You have to uh, be right mentally. And so it's, it's, that's why I love sports so much. And I think a lot of people, yeah. when you get into real life, you, you look for shortcuts, but they're just not out there. So it's, it's a good, solid concept. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I, I love that concept too that you talk about there of like there are no no shortcuts there's no uh substitute for for putting in the work the practice uh to get where you want to go so yeah absolutely why don't you share with the listeners a little bit about your background and uh kind of the path that that you've been on uh, in your life kind of taking you to where you are today and what you're up to yeah sure so you know i never i never knew what i wanted to do i you know i didn't have a path i i mean i enjoyed I enjoyed lots of things growing up. I, like I said, I was very active, had lots of friends. I had a great childhood. Uh, my parents had been married for over 50 years. So I just had like a perfect setting to grow up in. And we moved a lot growing up. My dad was in the hospitality industry. So I was steeped in that from a young age. And um, I, I grew up uh, mostly fifth grade on in Rockville, Maryland, outside of Washington, DC. And I went to Boston University. I got a political science degree because I figured liberal arts seemed like something interesting to study. I didn't want to be a lawyer. And uh, I worked every summer. So one summer I waited tables in, um, in Ocean City, Maryland. And one summer I worked on the Walt Disney World College program. Another summer I worked in a bank investment company in Boston. And uh, those, those experiences kind of said, you know what? I, loved, uh, I love hospitality. I love service. And uh, so it brought me back to Disney. And uh, came down in 1991 to Florida, 
and got my first job as a parking lot attendant at Epcot and did that for about six months. And then I went over to France as a management trainee in January 1992. Uh, the park over there opened in April. So I got there about three months before it opened. And um, I was just totally clueless. I mean, I'd never lived in another country. I didn't speak French. Yeah. Uh, I had, you know, I was right out of college, so I didn't have much experience. I had you know, some leadership experience through growing up and playing sports and things, but everything was new. So I got, you know, open, since I'd done parking in Epcot, domestic parking, I did international parking in France. I opened a parking lot over there. So if you ever want to know about parking, I know parking. <laughs> um, Love it. Ended up staying over there for five years, uh, working in his frontline management roles. Uh, Disney, uh, I had 19 jobs with the company, and Disney's big on moving people. If they want to move, there's plenty of opportunities to move. And I just knew that I don't, I didn't know what I wanted to do. But I knew that getting diverse experiences was going to help me somehow long term. And I'm mm -hmm. a big fan of that. Everyone I talk to, just tell them experience and exposure is such a powerful thing. Whether it's going through difficult situations or going to other countries or reading, whatever it is, get to expose to new ideas. And if you can just accelerate that at a young age, it opens so many more doors, I think, later in your life. So I stayed there for five uh, years. My, my wife was from France and we'd start dating. And so we had a five week engagement because I need to get my green card or they were going to deport me. Uh, yeah. So we got married quickly and uh, our son was born over there. And then we moved back to the States in uh, 1997. And I spent the next 22 years working at Walt Disney World uh, in you know, many different jobs in operations, almost all operations, uh, running attractions, restaurants, hotels, uh, and eventually was the vice president of uh, Epcot for a couple years, Disney's Hollywood Studios. And then I finished my career at Disney as the vice president at the Magic Kingdom. And that was two years ago this month. And then uh, my wife and I, all three kids are, two, one's out of college, one just graduated from college last weekend, and the other one's a freshman in college. So we are empty nesters. It's just the two of oh. us and the dog. So we decided we were going to be crazy and leave the corporate life and go try something new. And it was the most terrifying thing yeah. I've ever done, including moving to France and not speaking French. <laughs> and so the past two years has been, uh, as I say, I'm a, a struggling and uh, uh, entrepreneur, just trying yeah. to figure everything out along the way and scrappy and figuring stuff out as I go here. So it's, a, it's like a whole new life. So what is it that you, that you uh, took the leap to do over these last few years? Yeah, so uh, my wife and I started our own consulting company, and uh, I'd been a speaker at the Disney Institute for 18 years. Uh, every time they needed, uh, it's our external training arm of Disney. If you want to know how Disney runs stuff, you can go there and pay them a lot of money, and they'll they show you what they do. But okay. I, I, I compare it to kind of like when you go to a magic shop, and you see the card trick, you're like, I'll buy that. Yeah. And then they show it to you again, you're like, you get home, you can't do it. It's like, <laughs> like it takes more than just like knowing how to do it. There's a whole yeah, culture. Yeah. But we, um, we, we left and uh, we just started. So we, we built a website and uh, started doing a podcast. I'm about 100 episodes in to Come Rain or Shine, which is my podcast. Uh, just wrote a book, which comes out in August, but I'm pre-selling now on uh, my website. Uh, keynote speeches. Uh, my wife and I have done some consulting in uh, Croatia, uh, in uh, Peru. We're doing a, a consulting project for a train company down there. And uh, we're putting our fingers in lots of pies and just seeing what works and what doesn't work. And yeah. as I've learned through my life, even the stuff that doesn't work, you learn a heck of a lot from it. Yeah. You learn how to do it better next time or don't do it next time. Or uh, so we're, um, you know, I think the big thing we're doing is we're just sharing all the things we've learned over, you know, my 26 year career. She worked there for 15 years and we just have a lot to talk about of 
how Disney operates. Uh, the, the, the big thing, my book is how's the culture in your kingdom. You know, a lot of companies love that idea of culture, but they just don't know where to start. It's such an intangible. And yeah. uh, so we try to help companies and people figure out. And what I found over time is it's just, you know, just uh, behaving a certain way and making sure those around you behave a certain way. And that's how yeah. you build culture over time. Very simple concept, very hard to execute. Yeah. We'll talk a little bit more about leaving Disney to empty nesters to go build your own thing and talking about how scary that was. And yeah. number one, I just had a conversation with somebody on the podcast yesterday and it was very similar. He, he talked about a very similar time in his life. And so I don't know, maybe the universe is trying to tell me something, but, mm. um, but talk a little bit more about that. Cause I think, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs, business owners that listen to this show and you know, it is, it is a scary moment to take that leap. And I think a lot of people don't because it is so scary or overwhelming. Right. And yeah. maybe talk a little bit through that process, if you would, of yeah, you know, how long were you considering it? Did it take you a while to, to actually make that jump or was it something where you just made your mind up and you went? Yeah. So I think there's a few things I think to come together. One, first of all, I think you need a, you probably need a catalyst to help you push you there. And, uh, I think most people change, make big decisions and big changes uh, for two reasons. They're either educated to learn something new or times of crisis, right? So, um, you know, I watch the, maybe I watch the commercial on TV and it's talking about high cholesterol and you could be at risk. And maybe I'm going to say, hmm, I, yeah, let me think about that. I go to the doctor and I get my blood taken and found out, yep, I'm at risk. And then I get it fixed. I've educated myself and I've prevented something from happening or you know, I show up at the, uh, I get a heart, some heart pain while I'm running and go to the uh, clinic. And two days later, I'm getting a heart catheter put in because my widow maker is 95% blocked. That's a true story <laughs> from like two months ago. Wow. So, and uh, that's times of crisis. Now, yeah. the good thing is the only crisis there was I had chest pain. I didn't have like a huge cardiac and topple over. And, but uh, yeah. anyway, I think those are the two things you do it through. So I, uh, you know, I was coming home every night. And one day, my wife says, uh, I get home one evening. She said, are you, are you still having fun working at Disney? And, you know, my instant reaction was, of course I am. I run yeah. the Magic Kingdom. I, yeah, yeah. The biggest park, theme park in the world. Of course I am. Right. And then, um, and then I thought about that for the next year. I mean, for a year. I yeah. went to work every uh -huh. day. And I looked around and I said, ah, I love working here. But there's something, there's just not, there's something missing. There's just something not that's, it, it's not what it used to be. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think a lot of people, as you get older, it's like, you know, I feel like the old guy, it's not like the old days. Back in my day, we had values yeah. and people worked hard. It right. wasn't that. It was just, um, it didn't, I wasn't getting as, as excited. And, you know, when you're running the magic kingdom, well, Disneyland, if you're not excited, something's wrong. And yeah. so, but, but I refused to believe that. And then when I even considered thinking about going, doing something else, I, right away, it's like, no, that's impossible. That's literally yeah. impossible. I could never do that. A, I get paid every Thursday and, yeah. you know, I get uh, a bonus and I get stock options. And yeah. um, there's, you know, there's, there's like, there's like a hundred, 200 reasons why that would just be a dumb decision. You know, I'm, I'm almost 50. Yeah. Um, I could, you know, ride this out another five years and retire and everything. But then my, you know, she saw it. She saw it that you're, she's just like, it's not, you just don't seem as excited as you used to be. And it took me a year to um, come to that realization that, yeah, you know what? I'm probably, I'm, I'm, I'm trying too hard 
here to get excited about work. And, um, and it wasn't, it wasn't anything particular. It wasn't, it wasn't the company. It wasn't me. It was, well, I, maybe it was all of the above. Um, and so she, luckily she pointed it out cause I'd never would have seen it. If she hadn't said anything, I'd still be there. Yeah. I never would have made that decision on my own. And, um, we talked about it for a year and what we concluded was, um, a few things. A, is this a calculated risk? And, and it's not like we were, our kids were in, still in high school and we were saving up for college tuition. We were on the backside of that whole financial piece. So we concluded, you know, we can live on a lot less. And so a big part of our decision wasn't only, you know, going and being independent to do our thing, but simplify things. So we yeah. decided we're not going to hire people. Like we don't want to build a big company. We contract people to help us, but I don't yeah. want to build an empire. I don't want to build a giant consulting company. We really would just want to enjoy the experiences and enjoy everything. Now, you know, there's all kinds of trade-offs. Do you want uh, stability? And do you want to make sure you know where your money's coming from every week? Corporate life is great. Although yeah. I'd argue today that maybe that is out the window now because, you know, Walt Disney World's closed. So, yeah, right. you know, when you talk about stability, what really is stability today? Yeah. And then uh, the, the big thing for me was uh, how valuable our experience is moving forward. Because, you know, we have a really nice house in Orlando. And we're, you know, our kids are, our son, you know, he got out of college and got a job and they're all our kids are great. We've had the normal, you know, almost get arrested moments stealing a road sign, but nothing, you know, nothing yeah, dramatic. Right. So yeah. just like the good old fashioned crimes. Yeah, but, exactly. but um, we, we kind of said, you know what, we, we came to a conclusion. We don't need more. We don't need a bigger house. We don't need a second house. We don't need a boat. There's a bunch of stuff that we don't need. And I guess when you work in the corporate life, you're just in this mode of accumulate more wealth. So when you retire, you'll have enough money till you die. And we changed, we flipped that upside down. We said, well, A, that it's a calculated risk. Because she said, you know what? You can always go get a job if this doesn't work out. I'm like, you should be a lot more worried about this. <laughs> you're yeah, right. I'm the yeah. And so she said, no, let's go give it a try. She said, you know, it's, what's, what's the worst thing that could happen? you go back and work someplace else and you, you know stuff. And, um, and so I finally went in one day and said, Hey, I'm going to leave and uh, give me, I can leave as soon as you want. I'll stay for a couple months and wait for the next person to come in to replace me and we'll have a really good transition. And that's what we did. And yeah. um, it was, uh, it was kind of uh, very emotional to yeah. leave someplace you've worked for that long. And then the big problem I had after that, once I got out was, okay, we made the decision. Now, what do I know? Like, you know, mm -hmm. it's almost like you don't even know what expertise you have because you've been in the same place so long. Everything you do just seems like everyone does it that way. It's second nature. But when yeah. you get in the outside world, you start realizing, wow, this is, I know a lot of stuff. What we do there is special. Um, you know, it's kind of like the military. In the military, a lot of things you take for granted. This is how you organize yourself. This is how you set objectives. And yeah. you think that's just second nature. But when you get on the outside world, people are looking at you like, that's valuable. And yeah. so I started to, um, to learn that. And I, you know, I'm still, I'm still trying to figure out how to do keynote speeches. Cause as, as she always tells me, Valerie, um, she holds me highly accountable for everything. Gives me tons of feedback a lot. Yeah. Like sometimes yeah. like she goes, you want the feedback or not? I'm like, I want it, but not so much. She's like, no, <laughs> it's better. So she's, she's been a great influence, but um, she always talks about in speeches. I, she says, well, you fire hosed them again. You told them 50 things and they're not gonna remember any of them. Tell them three things and get them excited about it. And so I'm yeah. still tweaking my messages and trying to figure that out. But um, I'll tell you, now that we've done this, I'm working harder than I worked in a long time. 
I'm doing a bunch of stuff I never had to do because I had people helping me. I had a communication manager at Disney. You have a, so many resources. Yeah, now I'm like, that. all right, I'm going to start selling books. How do I build a website? How do I get a, how do I hook that up to a commerce site so people can pay with their credit card? All right. What's uh, how do I mail a book? How much does that cost? What's my margin going to be? Yeah. Uh, and you start to get into all these ideas. And um, I would say the past eight weeks, the marketing bug is kicked in. I've always been great at operations, executing. Mm-hmm. That's what I do. But boy, this marketing thing, there's so many fun things you can do. <laughs> my, um, my, my daughter is launching a Facebook uh, campaign today for the book. And I talked to her, I'm like, how does that all work? And she goes, well, who do you want to talk to? I'm like, people on Facebook that want to buy my book. She's like, well, how about people between 16 and 32 who are Disney fans and have been a Walt Disney World, Disneyland, or, or have seen a Disney movie? I'm like, can you, do you know who they are? I'm like, she's like, yeah, there's 50 million people. I'm like, well, let's go talk to them. So yeah. I'm learning a lot about yeah. this. It's, uh, it's, it's fun. And, you know, the other part of it is just uh, we work a lot, but the freedom we have is just that's been so, I mean, it's, it's priceless. Just being able to decide what we want to do. There, is no, there are no weekends anymore. For me, I yeah. work on Sunday. I work on Saturday. I work on Monday. I take Tuesday off. I, you, know, you do what you want to do. You, you create your own day. And that is just like, I mean, it's, it's a really cool thing after being in such a structured environment for so long, but I couldn't do what I'm doing today if I hadn't done that first. So it's, yeah, you know, right. there's a time and place for everything, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. And I appreciate you, you know, sharing that process too. That it was, it's great. So thank you. What, uh, who, who are some of the championship leaders, coaches, mentors that you've had in your life that have impacted you and maybe less about who they are, but really more about like how, how they did or what, what is it about them? What are some characteristics that really stood out that maybe even have helped to mold who you are as a person, as a leader? Yeah, probably more than I can remember. Um, I've, I've always kind of done things saying, you know what, you have mentors and role models around you all the time. I think mm-hmm. people a lot of times look for the, you know, the, the ones they're supposed to look for, like the coach or their father or grandfather, and there's and a lot, and I certainly, they were role models for me. But I find I've now, as I'm getting older, I think I'm much more open-minded to learn from everybody. And so uh, I just had a lady call me yesterday. Um, I send out an article every Friday morning, and uh, I, I, um, I curate these articles. So, you know, I've, I realized creating content is really time-consuming. So I create content, but I also find really good articles and send them out to my uh, subscribers. And um, a, a lady uh, responded and she said, this one really hit the mark. She goes, thank you for this. And it's funny, you, you have like, I don't know, six or 7,000 people getting the article. It seems like every week there's, there's always one that says, how did you know? You know, I'm like, well, yeah. the odds were good. There's 7,000 yeah, people. Right. The odds are you were having a communication problem. So yep. <laughs> she said, this is exactly what I needed. She said, I, I've been through some really difficult circumstances. And this really has connected with me to get motivated and get moving. And I, I could tell there's something there. I said, well, look, if you ever want to talk, here's my number, set up some time. And she called me yesterday and we chatted and boy, she has, I mean, she's had a lot of stuff come and just, I won't get in the list of details, but yeah. just all kinds of family issues, professional issues, health issues. Um, and she's really on her own right now. And we talked and she was very motivated. And she said, look, I realized I could sit around and complain about this, but no one's going to help me. So I got to get up and get motivated and go do something. And that's why I sent an email to you. You said, I really do appreciate the fact you you're, were available to talk to me. I said, well, look, I want to be clear with you. Um, karma is a big thing for me. And I'm, I believe that people create their own opportunities. They create their own luck. 
you sent the email back to me and made that comment. That's why we're talking today. It's not because um, I, you know, I, I agreed to meet with you. I yeah. said, you're already on the path. The fact that you see that you're, this can be in your control, you're 80% of the way there now. Now you just got to find what the opportunities are. And we figured out three things. There's three people I'm going to introduce her to that may have opportunities for her based on her skill set. So she's a role model for me. When I got up this morning, I'm like, do I, I don't have any problems. Whatever problems I have, I'm just going to forget about them because what she's going through right now, this is nothing compared to that. Yeah. And so that, you know, I got that learning yesterday. My grandfather, um, you know, he retired, he um, graduated from the U.S. Naval Academy, the class of 42, which was the three-year class. So he was, wow. he, they got him out in three years and got him off to war. And he was on the mm -hmm. Columbia during the war and retired as a rear admiral. And he was always just a really impressive guy. And um, people who listen to my podcast know, and I use this in speeches all the time, he had a, a phrase that he used and he wrote it in a frame for me that I still have. And his, um, his saying was, you do your best and then you forgive yourself. And that for me was just, I love that because, you know, this guy was a rear admiral. He was in the war. He ran a shipyard up in Pennsylvania. He ran a web Institute of Naval Architecture. I mean, this guy was smart. He had great leadership. And to hear someone like that say, you do your best and you forgive yourself um, I just think it's a great phrase. And people always yeah. hear that quote differently. Um, but he was uh, incredible. Um, my parents, um, you know, my dad was in, uh, um, I mean, he, I probably, I, I'd say I wouldn't be doing this today if it wasn't for him also. You know, he, he left after 16 years at Disney. He retired at 63. And then he went off and wrote four books, podcasts, web, you know, he's been make, building courses. So he had a whole nother life after Disney. And mm -hmm. he's been a great mentor for me um, to help me figure it out. And then my wife is, uh, we are, um, it's taken us two years to learn how to work together. We've been married yeah. for 27 years <laughs> successfully most of the yeah. time. Yep. I thought, I didn't expect this. I mean, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. we trusted each other personally, but we didn't trust each other professionally because we, we really work differently. And we've gotten to a place now where I trust how she comes together. She works different, totally differently than I do. But now she's creating content and she's writing a book and we're, and we don't, and, and we've had to learn how to respect the differences in each other. So that's been a great learning. And then I guess the last thing, when you work at Disney, there's so many talented people to get attracted to that place. Uh, it's a high performance environment. It's a high pressure environment. The responsibilities, the expectations are so high. And when you work with people like that, you just get better. You just, you play way above your, I guess you, what do you say? You box above your weight class, right? You, yeah. you get to a point where you're performing much higher than you would normally because you're just trying to keep up with everyone. And it's a, it's a, it's a very positive thing, but it's a, you're, you're committed all in because you have so many great role models around you. Yeah, absolutely. What, well, talk about that, uh, that quote from your grandfather a little bit. Like what you say that, um, you know, some people hear it a little, little bit differently. What does it mean for you? Yeah, for me, it's, um, you know, you get up every morning, and first of all, if you really can have that attitude, you're going to do your best. You're already ahead of a lot of people because a lot of mm -hmm. people don't decide to be their best every day. Yeah. They decide to be good, but yeah. they don't decide to be great. Yeah. They, you know, they, they just get in a mindset. They get in a rut. They let their mind take over and with negativity. Um, they feel like victims. I mean, your mind is a really powerful thing. And it can, so if you can just get up every morning and be like, you know what? I'm going to have a great day and I don't care what happens or what people do. I'm still going to get through this day and I'm going to, you know, get it done. And you go in and sometimes your best isn't good enough. 
and you come home at night and you're like, wow, that was a bad day. <laughs> I, right. I did the best I could and I still wasn't good enough to do, yeah. to handle what came at me today. And, but you know what? It's in the past now. There's nothing you can do about it. And you yeah. can sit and think about it all day long. Now you should learn from what happens to you. But right. um, I think a lot of us, we dwell on them. And I think there are people, I was listening to a lady talk, she said, you know, a lot of people carry shame around with them. They won't let go of things from the past. And you're, it's supposed to be like, guilt is a good thing, right? If you don't feel guilty, then you don't care. And I don't believe that. I think you need to learn and change, but you, you can't just carry stuff with you and say, you know, I'm never going to forgive myself. Um, and so you do your best, you, you go to bed the next morning, you forgive yourself and say, I'm going to, I'm going to try again today. I'm going to try to be my yeah. best again today. And you just keep that every single day. And over time you get better. And sometimes you're going to settle that you're never going to get good enough to do certain things. You're yeah. never going to be, I don't know if you if you want to be in sports, you're never going to be fast enough, tall enough, strong enough in school. Maybe you're never going to be as good at math or, um, or you're not going to be a good writer, whatever it looks like. You're not going to get the level that you want to get to, but a, how hard do you want to push and find the stuff that you're naturally good at? I'm a big believer in that. Also stack the deck in your favor. If you're fast, run, you know, play a sport where you have to be fast to be good. <laughs> yeah. Know? If you're right. a good problem solver, then get a job where you have to solve problems. Um, you know, there's, there's, this is, there's an alignment issue. And I think yeah. a lot of people just decide, well, I want to go do what I want to do based on what my society's telling me or my parents tell me or my spouse tells me. And uh, I'm a big believer. You got to run your own race. Go pick your own goals. Only you can define what your success is. But, um, uh, and I'm learning how to do that better. I go out every day, try to do my best. And, and then I'm able to shed all that and the next day get up again and go back at it and not let my confidence get down and don't get down on myself because I made a bad decision or handled a situation poorly. I'm like, all right, I learned from it. If I do it again, then it's a travesty because I've already done it wrong once. Yeah. A lot of people just keep making the same mistake and then they feel guilty and keep saying, it's like you make no progress there. Right. So I think right. that idea of self-awareness and change is a, is a big deal. And uh, I have moments regularly. I think I'm a pretty self-aware person. But then you have a moment, you're like, man, I wasn't self-aware at all. I didn't even realize that. <laughs> yeah. You know? So it's, yeah. Um, it's, it's, a, it's definitely a lifelong uh, endeavor, I guess, to figure that yeah, out. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely, uh, uh, you know, you never really fully arrive, right? So that's, right. I guess, the exactly. fun part. You're always working on it. What, uh, as we start to wrap it up here, what, what would be one or two pieces of advice or uh, life lessons, guidance you could give that if, if the listeners were to implement today would help them move forward today? Yeah. So, um, I mean, I'll use the layout of my book because that's the way I thought about it. Yeah. Um, there's, I have three, and this isn't exactly how the book flows because it's more on um, you know, management and, and leadership, but it's about culture. Um, I have, there's basically, I have three buckets in my life. And I've always used those for, and it's my, I use them as an internal scorecard of how I'm doing personally. And uh, I always ask people, what do you think my number one priority is? So what do you think it is? What your number one priority number one is? priority in my life. Your family? Yeah, family. It should be family, right? Because if yeah. it wasn't family, um, then that would be a, that'd be a problem. I'd be pretty selfish. But it's not my family. Family's second yeah. to me. I'm yeah. my number one priority. Yeah. And uh, I've just learned over time. It's, it's, and a lot of people say, well, I don't know if I agree with that. I said, well, I'm not asking you to agree with it, but I just, right. <laughs> yeah. if, if, if I take care of myself, if I'm physically fit, if I'm mentally in good shape, if I get enough sleep, if I eat right, 
if I handle stress appropriately and keep things in context, if I'm organized and are able to anticipate things, I'm a much better husband. I'm a much better father. I'm a much better son. I'm a much better boss. And everything just gets better. And yeah. um, it's the same thing. I, once again, going back to sports analogies, you never hear athletes bragging about the fact that they stayed out till three in the morning at a club and didn't hydrate before like a big game. That'd be irresponsible to their teammates. You know, right. why would you brag about that? Yeah. It may happen, but yeah. you know, that's a, somehow we said, that's what we tell people. Well, I only got four hours of sleep last night and you know, I haven't been eating right because I'm so busy. It's like, well, you're totally in control of that. So that's yeah. my first bucket. My yeah. second bucket, bucket is my family. And when I talk about, you know, when I talk about family responsibilities, I define what those are. So for me, for example, some of the responsibilities I have, I got up this morning and I emptied the dishwasher and put all the dishes away. And when my wife came down, she didn't have to do that. Um, I went out and got the paper this morning. I, um, you know, so there's things where my daughter texted me earlier and I I called her back. Um, So there's, it's not these big moments. It's all these little responsibilities. Are you paying attention to things? Are you calling your mom? Are you remembering your wedding anniversary? Um, and once again, you don't always get these right, but it's, a, it's, a, it's all those things together. And then the last thing is you know, career, whether you're, I'm working for a company or working myself, am I being successful in, in what, how I'm doing? And so the great thing is when you have just a, a few priorities, um, and as I call them buckets, I can measure every single day how I did. So today... I, uh, you know, my wife got up, emptied the dishwasher, we walked the dog, we had a conversation about some work we have to get done. So, so far we're doing good. I'm probably going to do something dumb today and she's going to get mad at me. So I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I'll get a half a point for that today. Professionally today, I got this podcast. I have a webinar I'm doing at noon. I got a couple more things. We'll see how that goes. And then um, with um, uh, myself, I just got back from a four mile run. So I did, I did pretty well today taking care of myself. So today so yeah. far is a really good day. If yeah. two a two out of five, two out of three day is a really, really good day. Um, yeah. Sometimes I have to, I don't have time to work out because I have, a, I'm, I'm traveling. So I have to sacrifice myself. Some days uh, my, I'm not there to you know, help my family out because I'm working or I'm doing something different. So you're always sacrificing one thing over the other. Yeah. Um, but I think you just got to figure out what really are your priorities, figure out what those are, and then make a list of all the actions and behaviors. What are the things you're actually doing to support those values? And that's going to mm-hmm. tell you what you really value. Yeah. These days you hear people talk about what they're passionate about, what they believe in, but then you see what they, and there's just this dissonance. It just doesn't make sense. It's like, well, yeah. if you really think that, why did you do this? Right. Um, you know, my company, I'm big on service. I think service is like super important. Take care of people. So I got, a, uh, it's funny. I got an email uh, this morning from uh, someone who bought my book and they said, you know, I could have sworn I bought two books and I only got one. Um, and I looked on the spreadsheet and it said one and I'm like, they only bought one, but then, you know, I'm like, all right, look, I'm in the service. I worked at Disney. I sent him a note. I said, look, I think I have, um, there's something wrong with my spreadsheet. Um, and it's saints and, uh, but I'm going to get another one in there and I'll figure out what the glitch on my end is. As far as I was concerned, they were wrong. Then they yeah. sent me the receipt. They paid for two books. So yeah. I do have a book. Yeah, you do have a glitch. <laughs> yeah, I do. There's something wrong on my end. But yeah. the point was, it's not that I have a glitch. It's the fact that, okay, you know what? The customer's always right, and I'll get them another book because it's yeah. not up to me to tell them they made a mistake. And if they want right. two books, they get two books. And I learned yeah. that working at Disney. So yeah, yeah. I think it's just, once again, what do you believe in and what are you doing? If you want to be fit, then get out and go walk or run. You don't have to be a triathlete. Go do something. If you want to have good health, uh, go to the doctor and eat right and take 
keep track of your calories. If you want to have a good relationship with your kids, then check on your kids and take interest in them. Um, so once again, very easy concepts, very hard to execute. Um, yeah. But if you can get clarity, if you start with clarity, there's a bunch of other stuff you have to do, but that will be, that's for me, the biggest accountability. If I really believe some things. If I do them, I'd follow through on them. And if I fail, then maybe I didn't think they're really important or not. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. That's, I love it. Great. I love the buckets and uh, clarity is huge. Yeah. People, that's one thing that I think a lot of people don't take the time to, to, to do and it's important. Um, let us know a little bit more about how we can find your book, your podcast, and, and any other ways we can follow you. Yes. Yeah, uh, sure. Find out more what you're doing. Yeah. So, um, uh, culture-kingdom.com is the website I'm selling my book on. Um, I wanted culturekingdom.com, but they're going to charge me $5,000. So I had to settle to have a dash. I hate yeah. the, but I'll, I'll take it from now. Yeah. Um, also, uh, Come Rain or Shine is my podcast, and it's on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. And um, we, uh, I, my, my website is dancockrell.com, but we just launched, and we're like 99% done, cockrellconsulting.com. And my wife okay. took over that project, and it looks 50 times better than my website. So <laughs> over time, we're going to slowly transition over that, to that one, and it features both of us. So cockrellconsulting.com, dancockrell.com, culture-kingdom.com. Any of those I love it. Thank you so much for taking some time today, Dan. Uh, it's been it's been awesome. Appreciate it. Talking to me. Thank you. Let's go. In no five and no six. I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. Fifteen months she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera, I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable. From my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years. And marriage has never been better than this And we got three kids, that's who I do it for I